You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. All right. Well, hello and welcome to the Grace Church Slato podcast. My name is David Laws, and I'm joined by Jason Goings, my good friend and pastor of Preaching and Vision here at Grace Slato. Uh, Jason, thanks for being here. It's good to have you as always. Good to be here. Everybody else on spring break, but um, old people like us, yeah, we're, we're working. We're, we're working away, plugging away. And, and we've got some actually spring weather like going on right now. This yeah. weekend, it looked like it was going to be rainy and cold. but Typical windy spring weather. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice outside. Uh, well, for those of you who are listening for the first time, we want you to know that we do this podcast each week, so you would come away loving God's Word more, knowing how you can uh, take what you're, you're reading and you're learning, and you can apply it to your daily life. So we hope this is a gospel-centered encouragement for you this week, and we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 24, which is our life verse this week at Grace. And it says, O Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? So, uh, Jason, we know that this lines up with our reading plan, uh, like all these life verses are this this year, which I think is a really cool kind of twist on them from how we did it last year when we started. Um, but maybe for those who aren't reading along and they don't really know how this is fitting into the general context of Scripture or maybe uh, in this passage of Deuteronomy, can you maybe start us off with just an idea of What's going on here? Yeah, so thanks, Dave. Uh, yeah, Deuteronomy is the fifth book in what's called the Pentateuch, which is the fifth book of the Old Testament. And um, Moses is sort of passing off, transferring leadership to Joshua. This is the second generation of Israelites that that he's addressing here with this letter. These are children of the once enslaved parents that came out of Egyptian captivity. And they're on their way to the promised land, the land of Canaan, and they're not yet there. Uh, they were close, and then uh, because they some people chose not to trust the Lord, their parents, they went back into the wilderness. And so he's, he's addressing them. It's his final book, and this book, Deuteronomy, is so, so neat because basically what he's starting to do in these final days of his life is to basically present to this next generation— um, if you obey God, then you get these blessings. If you don't obey God, then you get these things. So in a way, he's sort of saying, okay, you youngins, before I go. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like what you say to me yeah, sometimes. Yeah, no, <laughs> not that bad. It's not that bad. Uh, no, but, but he's saying, like, obeying God means you'll get these blessings. And disobeying God means you'll get these disciplines. Well, and two, when we think about the themes that were going on all through Exodus and Deuteronomy, like the the kind of macro idea that God was displaying was, this is what it looks like to be my people. Like reflect, reflect this type of, of lifestyle to the world so that they'll learn about me. This is what a redeemed people looks like. Yeah. And, and God is good. Uh, even when not everything is pristine and perfect, like they're not yet to the promised land, but he's still God. And there's still, and that's what we're getting into in the, into the today's text, but there's still all these blessings that God's been giving them, even though they haven't yet received what they were hoping to. Yeah. That receive. fulfillment yeah. of that great promise of the, mm. of the land and milk he's, and honey. He's doing a bunch of other things. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so this brings us to the the sort of the transfer, and in this text in chapter three, uh, he's explaining and sharing with Joshua 
kind of is like he's opening the door into some private times of his relationship with the Lord. And this week's life verse, Moses is given sort of a testimony of what he actually prayed to God. Um, and, and so even before he shares what he prayed with God, he tells Joshua in verse 23, you know, our life verse is verse 24. What he says in verse 23, he encourages Joshua, don't be afraid. The Lord fights for you. So before Moses even says, here's what I prayed for the Lord, and here's how he answered that, he still says to Joshua, here's what I know about God. Don't be afraid. The Lord is for you. So it goes back to what you're saying, um, which you said earlier about all these books. We see that God has a people, and he's for his people, and he's He's constantly telling us, you're my people, you're my people. So, so when we when we start to zoom in on this particular verse and try to make sense of, of what's happening, wh- what stands out to you? I mean, what what kind of is the main meat of this passage? So what we said right before we started the podcast is it's kind of an unusual verse because if you just take this verse out and you don't look at the context around it at all, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's a great thing to say and a great thing to recite. But what stands out to me is actually what is happening in this context. Moses was not allowed to enter the promised land. He had, he had operated outside of God's will on occasion. So God said, you're not, you're, you're going to lead them up to the land, but you're not going in. And so what's going on here is he's telling Joshua that he actually prayed to the Lord. Um, and what he prayed to the Lord was, please let me go in. That's first actually verse 20. Uh, what is it? Verse 25, please let me go in. But before he, he makes that request, he says this verse, which is our life verse, Lord God, you have only begun to show your greatness and your strong hand to your servant for what God is there in heaven or earth who can perform deeds in a mighty act. So he's beginning before he asks God what he wants to ask God. He begins the prayer this way. I love that Moses is asking this. It, it's the way what we should be asking. I love that Moses addresses the, here's a fancy theological word, the sovereignty-ness of God. <laughs> like that's what this verse is. Like that's why we're memorizing it is because it is a, it is an, an address to God acknowledging his sovereignty. I love it. Well, and another really cool thing too, is that it's attached to the promises of God. Like what he's saying here is actually true. You've only begun to show your greatness. That's not like an ambiguous phrase. He believed that God was still accomplishing what he said he was going to accomplish, which was carrying them into that land, providing for them this place of security and place and where they would be able to dwell safely. And so when he's saying this, like that's actually reflecting the things that God has already promised to them. And so I, I love the faithfulness that's kind of yeah. ingrained into the passage too. Yeah, it, it's acknowledging his greatness, his strong hands, and that's what, what we're going to get to kind of in the application of this is that that he knows more is coming. Like he knows more is coming. So I love that that Moses sort of recognizes that God's not limited. He's not just limited to what he's done, that God's got stuff coming. And, um, and so when we pray or one of the things that I, I like to think about this is Moses is acknowledging what he's already done. Like, God, here's some of what you've done. Now, now think about all that Moses got to witness. If you really think about that and pause to think about that, and, and Moses says in this prayer, you've only begun to show your greatness. 
He saw Pharaoh cower. He saw plagues come. He saw waters divide. He saw people get swallowed up in not just by the water. He saw people get swallowed up by dry land. I mean, he he has seen God do. He saw the man in the desert. He saw his presence yeah. on Sinai. I mean, there's a long list. And and he has he's saying you've only begun to show your greatness. Um wow. I mean, what a what a what a way to have conversation with the Lord that you know everything you've experienced with the Lord, but before you ask him for more, you start with God, I know there's more to you. I know there's more coming. So, well, And what's cool, too, is because how often are we only looking ahead? Like, God, when will you do this? Why haven't you done this? When is this coming? But here we see that really beautiful balance of him saying, I acknowledge what you've done, and I know that you're just getting started, and you have so much more in store. So it's like this really neat balance between acknowledging what's already happened and being grateful for that and being able to look ahead and acknowledge that God's not done. Yeah, and so... In context here, here's what I think he's doing. I think he's doing exactly what you just said, what we were saying. He's acknowledging all of that, but he's about to ask him, God, can you please let me enter? Um, I think what's one of the things that's happening with Moses is, yes, he's asking, I want to enter the promised land because who wouldn't want that, right? But I think also, if we look at the, what this, how he begins his prayer, you've only begun to show your greatness I think Moses is also saying, I want to enter the land, not just to be in the land. I want to be in the land. I want to keep living because I want to see even more of your majesty and greatness. There's more to come. So please let me continue on. Please let me continue on with you to see even more and more. I I absolutely love this as a lifers. Yeah, so. and it's I mean and it's coming from a man that's really tasted intimacy with the Lord. Like in all of scripture, there's not a whole lot of examples of someone who's got to walk more closely with the Lord and experience him in that really unique intimate way. And so that totally makes sense too that it's he's at the end of his life and he's looking back and saying, "God, just please let me be a part of seeing this fulfilled." I mean, I I got to watch you redeem these people out of slavery, carry them through the desert, please, you know, I just, I want more time with you. I want more time to see this come to fruition. And so, I mean, it, it makes sense based on his life too. Right. Yeah. I love it. And so, okay, let's, let's take that and what's happening with the Israelites and what that means. What does that mean today? Uh, I mean, because it can, that can be a hard connection. I think it can be natural to just say, well, this verse just shows us that we should always look ahead and believe that there's more to come. But I, I feel like there's probably more to it than that. Well, I mean, if if we're just going to take the prayer out of context, I think, I think it's enough just to say that to God occasionally. Lord, here's what we know you've already done. You've already done this, 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 and this. In context, I think what helps us is we need to understand that God still said no to Moses. We should always come to God with our request, always, even if the answer is no. Keep coming. Keep asking. Um, Moses did. Do you know God more than Moses? You just said it. Like if anybody had an intimate relationship with God, Moses does. And he's still knowing that God's word is decisive, knowing that his discipline is real. He still comes before God and ask again. And God says no. So I think for us, it, it, I mean, we need to live in obedience to his nose 
but I think it's still we we got to know God's kindness still to us. And, and it's it's so funny that that's the application too because I don't remember whether it was this morning or yesterday, but I was driving in my car and I was actually thanking God for a very specific prayer that He didn't answer yes to. Um, there was a there was a season where I was on my route home. I was praying one specific thing over and over and over um, every day on my drive to and from work. God, would you would you provide this? He ultimately didn't, and um, there wasn't really a huge season of like grief about that. But um, I realized as I was thinking about it over the last couple of days, like man, I'm so glad God didn't give me that. Like that wasn't what would have been best for us. And now I'm starting to see the fruit of that not being answered. Um, but even then, like, I'm like, man, that's, God's a good God to not always just give us exactly what we ask for. Cause we don't always know what the best thing to ask for. <laughs> right. And, and because again, in this verse, there is no other God in heaven or earth who can perform the deeds and the mighty acts like yours. And so the temptation is when God says, no, we start looking toward another God. Like, well, maybe Maybe I do want this instead of him. Maybe I'm mad at him, and he didn't. He said no, so I'm going to go after this. Well, in this prayer, he's saying, even in the no, even in the quote unquote no, um, no one's like you. You're, so your no is intentional, kind of what you're saying. Your experience, like God's doing things that we're not aware of, and so that one application is that keep your request coming to the Lord. Another. Go, go oh well, it's as it's, sorry to cut you off. The, the thing that just came to my mind too is the whole book of Habakkuk, where he's he's wrestling with God, like, why are you letting this this evil people come and bring punishment on your people? Like, we're supposed to be the ones that you're protecting and and you know keeping safe. And and what happens is God ultimately tells him, no, uh, I'm I'm gonna bring these outside people groups in. They're gonna wipe you out, and that's part of my plan. What's beautiful is near the end of Habakkuk, we see him praising God in the midst of that. Like he wrestles with God, why are you doing this? This isn't what what I desire, please do something else. And then it ultimately comes as this really amazing passage where he's crying out in praise in the midst of being told no. And he basically just says, you're right, you're sovereign, I don't get it, but I'm going to praise you because I know your character. And I'm, I'm like, man, that's what I want for us whenever yeah. we encounter those situations. Well, that's the, that's the application, right? Like he's still God. And in his... Sovereignty-ness, or in sovereignty ness <laughs> and as he's still you know we say no to our children and we don't have anywhere near the capacity um to act sovereignly like god does but we still in times will say no for this reason or that reason but we still want our kids to respect us as parents we still want them coming to us i don't want my son and daughter running to another dad or this dad well this dad always says yes to this um, no, I still want them coming to me. Um, and, and, and so I think what Moses is demonstrating for Joshua, and I think he was telling Joshua this, is that don't be afraid of, don't be afraid of other things. God's fighting for you even when there's a no. Um, and so we should always come. But when we come to him, remember his holiness, his supremacy, and come with a grateful heart. So a very practical application would be for us is when we come to the Lord in prayer, just begin by acknowledging his worth, his greatness, his might. Um, I think I shared this a few weeks ago in my family. We experienced some no's to some answers um, as answers from God. And, and I had to begin the prayer time, you know, saying, okay, Lord, you're holy, you're good, you're sovereign. Help us. We, we, we acknowledge that you said no here. Um, help us. 
strengthen us. And then we still made requests to the Lord. So I think I think Moses, if anybody can give us an example on, on how to continue that relationship with the Lord, even through his discipline, and even though he says no sometimes. Well, and I, I love that we had a chance to talk about this. It's a little bit different than some of the conversations we've had on other podcasts. We haven't really got to dive into this idea of like, what do we do when God says when God says no, how do, how do we respond with faithfulness and with praise? And I love that application step, too, of just spending time in prayer and beginning that with acknowledgement of truth, because the temptation is going to be to acknowledge our, our feelings, to acknowledge our emotions. I wanted this. Why wouldn't you? You know, all those, those things we're tempted to say in that season. And I love that reminder of start it with that acknowledgement of who God is, who the Bible says God is, not who your emotions say he is. Yeah, Lord God, you've only begun. Like what I've seen, there's way more to you. And you've only begun to show your greatness and your strong hand toward your servant. There's more to you, and I may never see it, but that doesn't change who you are. So Absolutely. Well, I think it's a great place to land that for today. And so for all of you listening, we want to say thanks for joining us on the Grace Slato podcast. Uh, We hope this discussion spurs you on in your love for Jesus and your love for people this week. And we'll see you next Wednesday for our episode on Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 14 